Uh, my brother and I spent a lot of time at the beach together when we were kids. Um, our extended family had a beach house. There was nothing flash or old kind of shack place, but we spent a lot of time there and we spent a lot of time on the beach. Um, and we swam and we had old boogie boards and we played games and things. And, but there's one game we played on the beach often that I really remember. And the game didn't have a name. Um, uh, and you could only play this game when the tide was approaching. Um, but the game went like this. We would build a small sandcastle, just a, a little mound, and we would find a distinctive shell or stone and we would sit it just on the top of that sandcastle. And our job was to defend that shell against the oncoming tide. And so we would build walls and moats and uh, we'd dig channels all around um, to keep the tide away from our little castle. And the game was over when the, uh, when the shell fell from the castle, when the castle was washed away. And um, we would spend, uh, honestly, and I said to my kids, you can't do this now, but we would spend hours sitting out in the sun uh, <laughs> doing this as kids. It was great fun, but of course, it was a losing game. Um, because the tide was coming in, and no matter how clever you are building little uh, you know, sand walls and moats, um, the tide was coming in, and while our castle initially would stand just fine as the tide just started to reach it, um, you just knew that wave after wave after wave, that tide was just coming a little bit closer and a little bit closer, and a little bit closer. And, and while initially those, uh, those waves would just touch the wall and would flow easily around the moat, it would get a little bit more and a little bit more, and you'd get to the point where it would start to wash it away, and then you'd have 15 to 30 seconds to frantically dig out the moat and rebuild the wall before the next one came. Um, but you knew that eventually you would be overcome. You know, eventually... Uh, it would be too much and those waves would keep coming and eventually you would have to give up and surrender. And I want to talk uh, today, and uh, we're at the beginning of a new series, I want to talk to people who feel like life is a little bit like that game. Because I think there's lots of us who in one way or another feel a little bit like our life is stuck in that game and that there are... Uh, waves that are sort of coming against us, that our life is a frantic effort um, to keep the what seem like relentless challenges and problems and waves of things coming against us and that our life is frantically building the walls and digging the moats, but they just don't stop. They just keep coming wave after wave after wave and we feel overcome. We feel overcome by the, the, the challenges and the circumstances and the hardships that seem to come our way. Our life feels as if it is overcome by fear and doubt and uncertainty and temptation and loss and failure. And if you're a follower of Jesus or if you've ever uh, picked up a Bible and, and read any of it, you wonder what's going on when you read things like, uh, this is just one example, things like John writes, uh, this is 1 John chapter 5, when he writes, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And it's easy to read that and think, 
are these guys serious? You know, like, can this actually happen? Is a life like this really possible? And if it is possible, how is it possible? Because I might feel like I might have occasional wins. You know, I kept out the wave today, but I know there's another wave coming tomorrow. And I don't know if I've got the energy and the skill and the resources. I don't know if I can keep these waves at bay. I just feel overcome. And, uh, of course, the thing is that after a while, if you live with that feeling of overcome, it's hard not to eventually give up. You know, there would come a point for my brother and I where you would stand up, you would declare the game's over and you would leave. And you would just watch from a distance as that tide came in and eventually washed the whole thing away. And it's so easy to get to a point of going, I just think I might give up. We give up on ourselves and we start saying things like, there's no hope. This is, this is just what it is. You know, this is as good as my life's going to get. It's never going to change. Or we give up on God. Particularly when we start to read those sorts of things in Scripture and we start to think, you know what, is, this, is, this, is, it, is God even real? You know, maybe this whole Christianity thing is just a made-up fairy tale. It just doesn't seem to hang together for me. And so I want us to ask in this series, is there a different way? Is it possible to live a life that is characterised not by fear and anxiety and doubt and failure, but is it possible to live a life that's characterised by peace and joy and love? Is it possible to move from helpless to hopeless? Is it possible to move from victim to victory? Is it possible to move from overcome to overcomer? And this series is going to ask those questions. This series is going to explore how we can live differently in the face of fear and anxiety and doubt and temptation and loss. And hopefully, hopefully, as we journey through this series, we will find ourselves more able to live a life that moves from overcome to overcomer. Awesome. You like that, Philip? You're up for this? Yep. Now, here's the thing. If you grab a Bible and you start reading the Bible with this question in mind, doesn't matter where you read the Bible, if you start from the beginning or just kind of open anywhere, one of the first things that I think you'll notice if you look at the Bible with this question in mind is that we are not alone when it comes to these challenges. You don't have to look very far in the Bible to find people who are wrestling with these same sorts of challenges. You don't have to look very far in the Bible, wherever you look, to find people who are facing fear, people who are anxious about their future, people who are wrestling with doubt, people who are struggling with loss, people who are overcome by temptation, people who are lost in their own failure. In fact, I would say you can almost find people like that on just about every page of the Bible. In fact, I actually can't think of anyone in the Bible, any of the sort of main characters or those people that sometimes we call heroes in the Bible, I can't think of anyone who didn't face a life characterised by these sorts of challenges. And I started to think through people, you know, even Jesus himself lived a life 
that was sort of beset by these sort of challenges and problems. So I want to say that, uh, to all of us here, but the first thing that we need to know on this journey is that if you feel that sense of overcome in any way, you are not alone. And you need to hear that this morning. You are not alone. Fear and anxiety and doubt and loss and temptation, they are deeply ingrained into the biblical story. They are deeply ingrained into the story of God's people. And I want you to hear this. The story of God's people is not a story of people who live without trouble. The story of our faith, the story of Christianity is not a story of people who live comfortable and happy and easy lives, hashtag blessed. Right? That is not the story of the people of God. I mean, if you open your Bible and you start reading from the beginning, you get like into page two before the first people fail miserably. Right? Adam and Eve have, they're given like literally the perfect life. Like, like actually the only people who could ever say we had the perfect life. Right? They literally have the perfect life and temptation and doubt step up. And what do they do? They totally fold. Right? They totally give in to this thing. And the result? Well, and? And? When you read Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, there's this phrase that gets repeated over and over again. It says, and it is good. It is good. God saw it and it is good. It is good. You read Genesis chapter 3 after they fold and all of a sudden the words that you see repeated are words like fear and curse and pain. You read words like painful toil, which is Bible language for frustratingly hard work. Anyone look at their job, anyone look at the world around them and say this feels like frustratingly hard work. All of a sudden there's conflict Everywhere. And those words then become a way of life for Adam and Eve. And the reality, we all know this, those words have become a reality, a way of life for humanity ever since that time. I mean, skim through the rest of the Bible. Look at the people that, again, that we attach this label of heroes to in the Bible. Adam and Eve lived with this extraordinary failure. Moses doubted God repeatedly, even after all the miracles, even after the whole part, the Red Sea. I mean, you would think, right, if you were there and you saw the Red Sea part and you walked through it, you would think, dude, I'm never doubting God again. They get like a day the other side and Moses is doubting God again. Joshua struggled with fear. So did Gideon. David gave in to temptation big time. Sexual temptation and failure totally wrecked his family. Job faced extraordinary loss. Job, uh, the Bible tells us his story. He had 10 children, seven sons, three daughters. They're all together one day, except Job. They're all together for a family gathering. Uh, a freak storm comes up, blows uh, the roof of the house in, and his entire family, all his children, grandchildren, are killed in a moment. Extraordinary loss. I mean, Jesus himself, you don't have to read the Gospels too much. Jesus himself faced constant hate and criticism from people around him. One of his best friends betrayed him. 
And that's before we get to the physical pain of his beating and his torture and his execution. And as for the followers of Jesus after Jesus, like as for those heroes who started the early church, Paul writes a letter and uh, feels compelled in the letter. It's a complicated story as to why, but um, Paul just kind of goes through a list of the bad stuff that's happened to him. Listen to this. This is 2 Corinthians 11. He says, five times I've received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Five times I've been strung out and whipped 39 times. And that's happened to me five times. Three times I've been beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move and I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in other words, my people, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger from other people. I've been in danger in the city, in danger in the country. You get the picture here? In danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I've laboured and toiled and have gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and I've often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. All of a sudden, my difficult week this week doesn't seem so difficult, does it? You know what I'm saying? Now, you might not know all those names. Yeah, perspective, exactly. You might not know all those names. You might not know all those people. And that's, that's fine. That's totally fine if you don't. I simply mention those people to make the point that believing in God and following in Jesus and following Jesus is not a recipe for a trouble-free life. And it never has been. And I don't want you to skip up. We can't in this series skip over the importance of that perspective. Because we live in a world where we're surrounded by movies and adverts and Instagram feeds that give us the idea that comfort and ease is the way things should be. That that, that is the normal that we should expect for our lives. And you watch these sort of TV series, and if there's a problem, it gets resolved in 30 minutes. You know, and at the end of the series, everyone's happy and we're all good. We're all together again. You know, adverts tell us whatever problem you've got, you can just jump online and click purchase and all your problems will be solved. Right? And it sounds silly when you say it like that, but this is the stuff that is kind of, you know, going deep into our mind and into our hearts. And, and the problem is that some of us have transferred that kind of thinking to our relationship with God. And so we come to God with this idea, well, if something bad happens, I can just say a single prayer and, you know, it'll, it'll just go. Because that's kind of what God does, doesn't it? You know, the God wants to make me comfortable and he wants to give me a good life and an easy life and a great family and a good job because God wants me to be happy, right? But this comfortable, easy kind of picture we have of life, it's not real, right? We know that, don't we? You know, these are TV shows and these are Instagram feeds. This, this is not real life. It's a lie. That's not how life works for people now. It's not how life has ever worked for anyone. But many of us have, even subconsciously, we've bought into this lie and we've bought into the idea that a comfortable, easy life is what should be normal. 
We, we think that that's normal. And so then when pain and difficulty and, and, and troubles come, we all of a sudden, we get in our mind that that's abnormal. You know, we think that my week this week should be fantastic. If something bad happens, we're like, well, where did that come from? Well, that's not normal. You know, that shouldn't happen to me, should it? The problem is that when we buy into that lie about how life should be, we expect God to come and to make our life easy and comfortable and pain-free. You know, if there's a God, then he should be making my life good, shouldn't he? He should be making my life easy. He should be smoothing the road and removing my problems just like he does to everyone else. But, but that's not what he does for everyone else. Do you see what I'm saying? The reality is that life isn't easy and comfortable and pain-free. The reality is, now I'm trying to be a downer here, but the reality is that life is hard. The reality is that work is hard, that relationships are complicated. And I'm not just talking about you know, marriage, boy, girl relationships, but you know, the people you work with, uh, you know, the, 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 your neighbours and your extended family, the rela- relationships are hard. And, and if the story of God's people across time tells us anything, it's, it is that fear and anxiety and doubt and temptation and loss and failure. If the Bible and the story of God's people tells us anything is that those things are normal. Is that those things are to be expected. They characterise the life of every fantastic, amazing Christian, every person you've read in the Bible, even Jesus himself, his life is characterised by these things. And I think if we ever got to meet any of those people, if we could sort of, you know, zap David or Job or Joshua or anyone into our midst this morning, and we, you know, we said to them, like, why is life so hard? I think they'd look at us sort of strangely and say, what do you mean life's hard? Like, like, like what, what do you mean God's supposed to make you like Like, have you seen my life? Like, like, what do you mean life's supposed to This is how it is. How did we get the idea that Christianity is about something else? How do we get the idea that, that a life with God, that, that saying yes to Jesus, that having a life of faith is supposed to be something else? I think these heroes of the Bible would say, like, where did you get that idea? You didn't get it from my life. Many of us feel overcome because we've bought into a lie. Many of us feel overcome because we've bought into the idea that life should be easy. We have a false expectation that life should be easy. We have a false expectation that life with God should be easy. And so I want to suggest as we sort of kick off into this series that that the first step to going from overcome to overcomer is to confront reality and to end this lie. That our problems aren't evidence that God doesn't exist. Our problems are evidence that we are human. Pain and loss and temptation and doubt and stress, these are normal parts of life. We should expect them. We should not be surprised by them. They have always been normal parts of life. 
for all people, including people of faith and people of God. And the first step to overcoming fear and doubt and loss and temptation, anxiety in our life is to acknowledge that these things are normal and to acknowledge that we are not alone in the middle of those things. And let me say this as clearly as I can, that God is with you in those hard times. God has always been with his people in those challenges, in those difficulties, in those moments of pain and stress and whatever other tough stuff is coming into your life. And spoiler alert for the rest of the series, it's the presence of God in the middle of the hard things that makes us and allows us to move from overcome to overcomer. I mean, that's how the people that we read about in the Bible, that's how they faced these hard times. I mean, that's how they could write the stuff. That, that's how they could write those words of hope and joy and wonder in the Bible, even, why, even while all this, this rubbish stuff, all these challenges were happening in their life. It's, God, it's God's presence in the middle of hard things that gives us courage instead of fear. It's, God, it's God's presence in the middle of hard things that gives us peace instead of anxiety. Confidence instead of doubt, strength instead of temptation, joy instead of loss, and hope instead of failure. And so in this series, uh, I'm going to lay it out. Um, We are going to, in this series, in the coming weeks, we're going to talk about each of these challenges. Fear, anxiety, doubt, temptation, loss, and failure. That's where we're going in the next six weeks. And so as we begin this journey, I want to invite you into a place of reality and honesty. I want to invite you into a place that is willing to end the lie that life with God should be happy and easy and struggle-free and pain-free. And if anything comes, you can say a prayer and it just zaps. Let's end that expectation and let's embrace the reality That life is hard. That challenges are normal. And let's let's agree uh, to experiment in this series to lean in to the presence of God in the middle of our challenges. Because when we begin to learn to lean into God in the middle of our challenges, that's where we find the path from helpless to hopeful. That's where we find the path from victim to victory. And that's where we find the path from overcome to overcomer. So I hope you'll join us on the journey uh, for the next uh, six weeks as we walk through this. Um, I'll see you next week uh, when we begin uh, week two of our series on overcomer.